and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to talk about Thistle's win against Spartans and successfully making it through the group stages of the Cup, I have Reese Haldane. Reese, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Heather. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing, uh, obviously, progression into the knockout stages. It doesn't matter how it gets done as long as we've got a name in the hat at the end of the day, so I happy days. Excellent, thank you, Reese. And Jamie McDonald is here. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good as well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly a fantastic game on Saturday, but it's all about getting into the next round, so I'm happy. Excellent. And rounding off our panel, and we'll be asking him about all his Edinburgh suggestions for pre and post match. We've got David Forrest. David, how are you? Hello, Heather. I'm very well. It's good to have an erudite, confident host who knows what they're doing for once in this podcast. So, um, you know, thank you for just stepping in for Matt. But yeah, I'm doing well and I'm looking forward to chatting. Excellent. Great. Well, just as we mentioned, our lovely host who has decided not to be with us tonight because he's enjoying himself on holiday, which is definitely allowed. We will do what Matt always does and talk about the starting 11. Um, there was a change this week. We saw Lyon coming in and we talked about on the podcast last week, firstly, how great his goal was and the impact he'd made. So I'll just go to Reese. Reese, how did you think about the starting 11 with him getting a start? Were you surprised, shocked? Tell us. I wouldn't say surprised. Um, I did feel it was maybe a wee bit harsh for Stanway to drop out, but I don't think it was necessarily Stanway being dropped. I think just Lyon was probably where they ever started. He'd been good all pre-season. Goal against St Johnston, assist against Kelty, and he'd obviously carried that in his sort of cameo appearances off the bench. Uh, scored a belt to a goal against Falkirk. So I couldn't have any complaints with him getting his first start, and obviously it paid off in the end. So no real surprises with the rest of the team. So I was, was pretty pleased here. Jamie, what, what about you? And also maybe a word on just the overall performance from Saturday? Yeah, I wasn't too surprised with the team. I thought Mitchell would come back in for Sned. I thought it would be a rotation of two games each anyway, but especially after Sned making two errors on Saturday or the previous Saturday against Falker, I thought Mitchell would come back into the fold. And I thought Lyon deserved to start after scoring. Like we said, it's a bit harsh in Stanway because he has been good in the Cup so far, but Lyon, I thought, deserved to start after scoring and prove why he was started after he scored again, which is you know great for his confidence too. He goes on his last two games. Performance, it's nothing to shout about, to be honest. It was a pretty bad game overall. I don't think it's one that most people look back on and think fondly of in the years to come, to be honest. But at the end of the day, the job was to get through into the next round of the Cup, secure a tie and hopefully some money, which we did get, obviously, drawing hearts. And yeah, that's all that really mattered. I was getting a bit concerned, obviously, when we conceded. I thought it was a bit of a sloppy goal to concede because Spartans didn't threaten too much, apart from that shot that came off the bar in the first half and then Milne put in a fantastic block to stop the rebound going in because pretty much a certain goal otherwise, I think. And yeah, you could say maybe got a bit lucky getting out of it at the end with a penalty, but it doesn't really matter. I was a bit nervous when Graham stepped up. I can't lie. Uh, his, his penalty record's not great for us. I was surprised. I think he insisted on taking it. Only Muirhead was going towards it and he had a bit of a discussion, but Graham ended up taking it. But to be fair, it was a very good penalty. It was into the top corner and we're through to next round and that's all that really matters. Definitely. You can see the relief, I think, in the whole stand's face, but also I think in Brian Graham's celebration as well. But I don't think he had any, he was going to let anyone else do it. And I mean, he's captain for a reason. He's obviously very influential in the dressing room, but I wouldn't want to stand against him in making a decision. David, who got pass marks, who stood out for you at the game on Saturday? Um, I think for me, it was more just... um... I, I thought it was a very laboured performance. I mean, I, I don't think that we've been especially convincing throughout the groups, but we, we've scraped by and we've we've won the the group. I feel that Spartans were, I mean, let's be honest, they were a total gang, right? And, you know, they're, they're Team 42, uh, just been promoted up from the low into League 2 against a established championship side. It's going to be back to the wall stuff, but... Yeah, I, I just found them to be especially cynical and really ground us down. They, they just, we looked really, really slow. A lot of that is us, but some of it was Spartans as well. I think in a more expressive game, we could have done a bit more, but I think just the way that Spartans set up and stuff, that was always going to be tough. Graham was good. Um, I, I, we were talking about this when he was stepped up for the penalty. We were talking about how his penalty record is quite poor. 
But he scored his last three penalties, all in penalty shootouts. I believe he's, he scored against County, Peterhead and Falkirk. So, uh, you, you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I don't know. I don't think we were especially good. But Lawless is always good. Banzo as well. Um, but I don't know. I think Wazzy Williams is probably still... I mentioned last week about how he came on a game and I felt... You know, he, he's improving by the week, which is what apparently he did at Dundalk. So I'd say him, but I don't know. I, there wasn't anybody who was like 10 out of 10. You know, we got the job done. Excellent. I th- I think from, from watching it back, I'd agree with you there that there was definitely an improvement from some, but also that this cup stage is still, I mean, it is a little bit like pre-season. There's places for mistakes to be made and we just hope that we'll learn from this cup stage take that into the season coming Reese, what about the goals um obviously your your favorite one of your favorite people um Zana McKenzie being involved in it what do you think before we come on to that I hate to be that guy David but Graham missed his penalty against Falkirk he's got the free kick but I um the goals it's uh, the first one it was it felt like it was going to be one of the days where we could have just played and played and couldn't have broke them down. And you obviously seen that that's they're effective at that. They kept a clean sheet against Dundee United. And it felt like, see, the thing is, though, it's just, like you say, they're not even like a great defensive team. They're just an absolute gang. And they, they didn't allow the game to flow. I can't believe that a few of their players went in the book earlier. I don't think the ref had a particularly great game. And I don't want to be sitting blaming the ref. I mean, we still, we still got the three points and stuff. But yeah, the goals... Decent bit of build-up play actually all round, and then obviously great ball in from McKenzie and such a, a, a deft touch from James Lyon almost floats it over the keeper. Um, the keeper does well to get a hand to it actually, and and it uh, sort of trickles along the line. So I brilliant at that point and poor goal for us to lose for the for theirs pretty much against the run of play. But you you always know that like a chance like that will come up, and I think it did take a deflection on the way in. It's one of the ones that it happened so quick, but I think I think it a deflection took it past Mitchell then. And then there, there our, our sort of penalty, I, I didn't even see it hit a hand from the stand, but every player was screaming from it. I, I was probably miles off it, but I, I never seen it hit a hand. I thought I just hit it over the bar. So i very happy to get that. And uh, it's like like you guys were saying, heart was in the mouth when I seen uh, Brian Graham step up for it. But Brian Graham is one of those guys, he could miss nine out of the last, last 10 penalties. He's probably still going to throw his name in the hat when one comes up because he's one of those strikers that just loves scoring goals. He doesn't care. Like, He'll probably miss a good few, but that one goal, like that, will make his day. So he's he'll take any chance that he can to get a goal on his tally. And you've seen the way he acted, and and rightly so. We all felt the same. So I was happy to get the win and, and through to the next round. And obviously, like it's, it's going to be tough. We weren't seeded, and we we now know who we've, we've got. But the financial aspect, it was it was really good and, and really important that we got we got over the line. And it's always nice to win a group. Definitely. I don't know if we, when we first saw all the teams that we were going to be playing against for this cup stage, if we thought that it would go like this. And obviously there was a few teams that had to do as a solid at, um, at the end, tail end of last week to make sure that we got it. But it's great to be there, a trip to Tynecastle that we can all look forward to. Jamie, when the cup dates and teams were released and we saw that we we're going to have to play in these teams, has the group gone the way that you thought it would have has there been any shocks surprises are you surprised how we've played how have you felt in general about the way that we've gone about these group stages I'd say yes and no because I always thought we were going to have a chance of winning the group even though Dundee United would have probably been the favourites of most people before the fixtures were played to win the group like I said at the time I thought we'd draw with them and beat them on penalties but we beat them outright they were worse than I was expecting maybe still a bit of a hangover from last season I don't know but I didn't expect it to be us these Spartans on the last day with a winner could take it all sort of scenario with Falkirk being the other outside shots. It's probably not the way most people thought it was going to go, but our performances, we've been more lacklustre than I was expecting. At Peterhead, I kind of forgave it. It was like, oh, it's the first game back. There was quite a few players out injured. With CD, obviously, it was his first game and competitive game in Scottish football. I was kind of just forgave with a lacklustre performance up there, but was a bit concerned with the Falkirk performance and the Spartans performance, but I'm not going to read into it too much because we've started to add a couple more signings. I've meant to be a few more faces coming in this week, so the squad's probably starting to gel together a bit more. They'll have more weeks of training. I know these games aren't pre-season, but it does kind of allow your squad to gel for the league. So it's gone 
the way I thought is I thought we would qualify, but it's also been about surprising aspects like Spartans from the team that we had the last day shootout against. I thought it may be us and Dundee United, depending how our results went in the final games or whatever. But I'm happy enough with it because we got through. But the performances, I hope there's you know there's some big room for improvement coming up to the league and Wraith next week is not going to be or this coming week rather is not going to be any easy task to be honest. And they've signed quite well in the summer. And I'm interested to see how they do. So room for improvement, but I'm happy with it. David, um, what what was the reaction to James Cregan? Because I know we've spoken on the podcast of the last few weeks about Kevin Holt and, Ro- um, and Ross Doherty getting their reaction as past Thistle players. What was what was the difference for for James Cregan? I mean, Cregan's always got a solid response when he's came back to us. I think just because of the Morton game, it's it, he's never really going to get any sort of flack from us as a it was very uh, disgruntled to see that um the spartans have listed him as jamie craigan on the team sheet which i think is just is just blasphemy to be honest no it, he, he didn't get any booze or anything like that. I, um, I don't think like, to be fair, i didn't know he'd been booked until a wee bit after because there wasn't really that big a sort of reaction to it or whatever i didn't know it was him and then when he gets sent off i think it's more just of a way just sort of a cheers to giving us a dig out james sort of thing but no he was, he was a perfectly good reaction but he's always been solid when he's been with our growth and stuff like that we always like to see him well yeah definitely I think actually I think Thistle fans would boo other fans trying to boo him you know he is he's always going to be loved by us well let's just move on then I think that's I think we're done with talking about maybe not the greatest game against Spartans and let's move forward and think about the fact that we will be on Sunday at the 20th of August, 2pm, we're going to be in Tynecastle. Reese, what was your initial reaction to the fact that we are going to be hearts away? And any good memories from hearts away that you are going to be tweeting videos of in the near future? Absolutely. Well, first off, Tynecastle, it's, it's everyone's favourite away day, isn't it? It's such a good stadium to go to. I know for me personally, it's it's one of the best. And to be fair, and the occasions that I've been there, we've actually had a few decent results. Um, so I, it's it's one that I look look forward to, and I actually look back fondly on. Like I always say, my favourite ever game was uh, when we won four two at Tynecastle. So obviously that night we stayed up with Higgy Taylor, Lee Mayer, and, and obviously that famous Gary Fraser goal. So yeah, really good memories of being at Tynecastle, and I'm looking forward to going again. And obviously even even Gary Colville made us dream it. At Tynecastle, when we went one 0 up, we, we could we could almost taste Hamden when we were that close. But I obviously wasn't to be on that occasion. But hopefully, it's just a, a stepping stone in, in the journey to Hamden for Chris Dolan and his men. But yeah, I was really I was pretty pleased. Um, obviously, I, I, I felt a bit different with this cup cup draw this year um, than I would in normal years because obviously you want to avoid the old firm like the plague. But see if we if it turned out we, we got our Rangers or a Celtic then. It is what it was, and we do need to sort of the, the benefits of the financial benefits. So if that was to be the case, then I would have just taken it because we were always going to get a pretty tough tie. So yeah, um, I'm I'm happy with Tynecastle. We haven't been there in a wee while, so be a good test. I don't think Hearts will blow us away, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good game, and it'll be good to see how we, we face up against them. So looking forward to it, and also it'll be a, a, be a really quite a quite a nice day. I think it was a Sunday. Obviously, Hibs and Rafe are playing the same day at the same time. The fringes on. Hopefully, it's a, a, a nice sunny day and um, we'll have a good afternoon and see ourselves in the next round. But yeah, looking forward to it. Totally agree. I think it's going to be a good game for all. And almost, I when you talked about the old firm, I feel like after what happened in that Rangers game last season, maybe would have been a bit too close to try. And it's quite, you know, some of those memories were kind of savouring still. So, and if you're not going to get Celtic or Rangers to get hearts, I think that is, uh, it's going to be good. I'm just going to read a quote that I got from one of my heart supporting friends when when they found out what the draw was. Um, his, his name's Daniel, we went to uni together, uh, lovely guy, but maybe not so lovely after this. Very happy of a home tie and confident we'll win at least by three goals. New signings will want to put on a show and there's no better opportunity than against lower league opposition. I think that was mainly just a dig at me, but um, that will be noted and uh, hopefully we'll be able to wind him up about that in the future. David, what are your recommendations for a Hearts Away day? Haven't had one in a while or just an Edinburgh day and what, what do you think your day will look like? Any dance mats there? 
Um, no, mm, no, there is there is arcades, but no, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a cultural capital of the world in August. Like it's, I mean, the Tynecastle Arms is a really really good pub. I actually went to Tynecastle last season for the Europa Conference League. Uh, one of my best friends is um, he's from Latvia, and um, when they played RFS, basically every Latvian within about 200 miles came out to watch them play Hearts, and I went with them. Really like the Tynecastle Arms. That's a great pub. There's also Stratford's uh, across the road, which is really good. In terms of food, Gorgie Fish Bar is great. You've got the Platform 5 up by Haymarket. It's a great pub. I remember me, Mark and Matt went to Platform 5 before the Scottish Cup replay um, and get quite melted. It was a great day out. But even then, like, you know, Ray Bradshaw is one I watch, you know, what <laughs> Fissel are playing at 2pm um, in Edinburgh. Um, he'll be able to go. So when the game's finished, you've got the fringe on. Like, you know, go see Ray Bradshaw. Um, uh, I'll probably go see my friend. Um, I've got a friend, Christopher McArthur Boyd. He's a, quite a notable comedian. Um, he's always very, very good. And I will probably end up in Banshee's Labyrinth, the most haunted pub in Scotland. It's just one of my favourite pubs. Go there most times when I go to Edinburgh. A fantastic place. Um, but yeah, uh, Tynecastle Arms, Fish Supper, Gorgie Fish Bar, go see Ray Bradshaw and Christopher McCaffrey Boyd and then end up in the Banshee's Labyrinth. However, I'm I'm raging this a Sunday because I, I work until half three on Sundays, so I'm, I'm having to break the emergency glass and you know, beg, borrow or steal uh, for, from my work to get it off. So we'll see. Well, David, we'll be hoping that you will be, and maybe someone who's creative will do a TikTok of their their day in Edinburgh inspired by David Forrest. We'll never know. Moving on a little bit to the new signings that we brought in this week, the the double A's, Alston and Adelaide. So, Jamie, what were your thoughts on the on the new signings? Happy with them? What what kind of player are they? Tell us what you thought. I was doing chronological order. Obviously, Adelaide came in first. I was very pleased with that signing. Adloy, someone I wanted us to bring in last summer. He was like, on my wish list for players that I was hoping we were looking at. I'm not sure if we were in for him or not, but obviously he ended up going back down south. I think he was, he was at Swindon. I was looking at his stats. I'm not sure if he was injured last season or if he struggled to make an impact. He didn't play a huge amount for them. So coming back up to Scotland, I gives him quite a good chance. I think he'll be looking to impress us if he wants to try and make it back down at Swindon. I'm not, I'm not sure what his contract situation is like down there, but... He's a signing I'm very pleased with. I think he got 14 goals for the 21-22 season, I think 11 in the league, which is good stats for anybody, especially that air team was nothing like their team last season. That was a struggling side who stayed up on the last day by beating us, ironically. But yeah, he was he was a big part of that team. I've seen what a lot of their fans were saying about him on like Twitter and stuff. I was interested. There was a bit of a mix from them. Some of them were saying that he was lazy and stuff. I'm not sure if that's just, they're just annoyed he's moved to another Scottish team, but other ones are moving a bit more non-biased about it and they were saying that he was a good player and he was one of the main reasons he actually stayed up that season and I think he's definitely going to add to our ranks this season when it comes to goals and maybe a couple of assists and he was saying in a signing interview he you know he likes to hold the ball up well and he's a strong player and I think that's if he's on with Graham that's someone that could really I think they'll bounce off each other well because maybe you could say not to be harsh on Dowds but maybe that's what he fails to do a little bit is hold the ball up and use his body as well despite being quite a big guy so interesting to see what Adloy can bring Alston feels one of a bit more a reserve judgment on. It's not that I think he's a bad signing. It's just I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have gone for it myself. But I hope he proves me wrong. He's. I don't know where he's going to play. That's the thing. I know he can play in in the middle of the park, and he's also can play out on the right. I'm not really sure what Dylan sees him as, and kind of was playing a bit in the middle yesterday, almost like a, or on Saturday rather, almost like a floating role. It's a bit strange, but I'm not sure what role. He'll be in. I'm not sure if he'll be one that's starting or coming off the bench, but I'm interested to see what he can bring. Uh, Reese said it in the chat, and I, I thought at the time as well, he's a lot taller than I realised he was. I kind of imagined him as being like 5'11", maybe 6 foot a push, but he looks like 6'3", 6'4". He looks like a pretty tall guy, so hopefully he can add a bit of physicality possibly in the middle. But um, I still think we're a few bodies light. I know we're meant to have one or two coming in this week, possibly tomorrow, which will definitely help in areas that I think we still need to add in. But overall, I'm pleased with both signings. Yeah, I I I think you're right. And I was at the open day yesterday, and Chris Dillon was speaking, and it didn't sound like um that this was the last the last things he wanted to do in the window for signings. And we can hopefully look forward to seeing that pen being tweeted uh, in the future. Reese, I'll ask you the same, maybe just about what you think of the players, but also ask you our first listener question, which is from Rory Carrigan, and it's just um what else. 
what else do you where else do you expect us to strengthen what other players do you think we need and maybe what positions I think we've maybe talked about this in the last few podcasts and I think actually you got asked it last time which I'm always grateful for you often get some of these uh some of these questions but do you want to just go for like a quick summary of what you think yeah I'll, I'll jump in on pretty much the same as what Jamie was saying regarding the two new signings Adeloy's He's somebody you'd be pretty happy with coming in to replace Graham because you know Graham's not going to play 90 minutes every week. He's, he might not play every game. Where Adelaide's quite a quite a good replacement. Obviously, Jamie's touched on. He was very, very pivotal in that air team that obviously stayed up in the final day. It was, it was an absolutely awful team, and he was a, a real standout in that squad. Obviously, 14 goals from nothing. He didn't have much supply. Um, and I remember the games we played against him. It was different to Akinyemi. Obviously, Akinyemi tore the league up last year, but he didn't really stand out in any of the games against us. Obviously, he scored a couple of goals, but the games that Adelaide played against us, he scored and he was winning penalties. He was influencing games. He was pinning Kevin Holt. He has a, he has a lot to his game. So, yeah, um, Alston, pretty much the same. Maybe five years ago, I'd have been absolutely buzzing with that signing. He's kind of floated about here and there since. So, not writing him off. He could do a job for us. Um, in terms of where we still need to add... I think we, d- we definitely need another centre-half, um, at least one more centre-half. Um, we're probably needing a guy that can fill in at left-back, maybe right-back, like a sort of a, a Richard Foster, Lee Hodson role who can play a couple of positions. And we're needing another centre-mid, I'd probably say another another wide player. But yeah, we've, we've not, we're going to utilise a few loans, I'd imagine. So we've got up until the end of, I think the loan window is actually a month longer than the actual transfer window so we've still got a good while to go um, and I do think we'll, we'll utilise every loan available so yeah I, I still expect a good few more bodies in I mean we lost we let 11 leave in the summer and we've not we've not brought in anywhere near as many as that and obviously the young boys will have more of a say this season um, but we still need a squad we definitely need more bodies in and like it's already been mentioned I think we'll get a few in probably by the time that this pod's out so another midfielder or two another defender or two and, and a wide player so yeah and we, I think at that point we'd be good to go actually looking forward to things now I forget that like obviously how well we've sort of done in the cup in terms of results and picking up and progressing and we've still got Jack McMillan to come into that we've still got Scott um, Scott Robinson to come in I actually keep forgetting we've signed him so yeah we've still got a lot of positives to, to still come and I think in terms of signings I think the, the best is yet to come with that so yeah I think I think we've got a, an interesting month ahead yeah, I totally agree. And I think, um, well, I was at the Open Day yesterday, as I mentioned, and Jeff McMillan was there smiling away. Didn't ask him about his about his potential, but I think Doolin said that he was back in training and hopeful and was hopeful for Saturday. And then Scott Robinson was more, we had a good chat with him. He wore a Jags for Good top and he wore a Her Game 2 badge as well. So uh, big praise for him he was saying he was hopeful for the Airdrie game but fingers crossed that we will get that you know that we'll get to see the the full potential of these new signings and that they will they'll fit well in into Dylan's squad uh, just moving on to Saturday then uh, we have got our first league game of the season we are playing Rafe Rovers at home and last time like last year we were away at Dundee so David what are you looking forward to about about Saturday? Who are you looking forward to see? How do you think we'll set up? What are what are your thoughts for Saturday? Oh, and you can talk us through your day as well, as I seem that's a very mat thing to ask. I'm I'm interested about how we set up. Obviously, you mentioned you know what we're how how we're going to set up. We've got what two players that came in last week who didn't really feature that much. You've also got the likes of Scott Robinson to come in and Jack McMillan. The rumour swirling now we've got two people coming in on Tuesday. I'm excited to see it feels like the game against Rafe is going to be hopefully the start of what our plan for the season is. Like, you know, it's the first game of the league and hopefully we get a bit more of a a vision of how we're going to play this season. It, it, I'm not going to lie, I, I'm not a big fan of Farhill opening day and have two games at home in the League Cup before. So if just had three games at Farhill in a row, and it's, it kind of dampens. You you want to have an away day on the, 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 in the League Cup game before the league, because then it kind of makes it a bit more novel, whereas if we've been to Farhill twice in the last uh, seven days. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm also interested to see Rafe Rovers. I mean, Rafe Rovers have had some transfer window. They When we played them the last day of the season last year, or last season, 
they they announced their investor that day and they were pumping money in and they've they look like they've recruited well but we saw that with Infirmon a couple of years ago it doesn't always work out like that and I'm interested to see what this vision uh, of Reef Rovers is because to be honest they're, they're probably either going to be flying high or really struggling it's, it's never usually in the middle so no I'm interested to see where the lay of the land is for us in the league how we're going to do in the first day where we're going to sit are we are we off it are we you know able to take take it to teams already we don't know but no it's just it's it's a new season and you know new league campaign so I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds I'm gonna maybe put recent Jamie under pressure here um I'm gonna ask you both and you can kind of maybe team up on it or or go one after the other what would you predict our starting 11 will be on Saturday with maybe let, let, let's say that Jack McMillan is fit right, um, I'll just jump in so I think the keeper will be the same um, if Jack McMillan's fit um, and I mean like he is fit and he's good to go then I think he would come in because um, he's, he's a, a naturally fit guy I know he keeps himself in good nick so he'd be ready to go um, it's going to be Muirhead and Musiri and Harry Milne and then obviously I think the midfield is James Lyon's a hard one because see at the beginning of the season if you told me James Lyon would be starting the first the opening league game of the season I'd have been thinking we're in big trouble here but he's played brilliantly in the last two games and he doesn't deserve to to miss out um, so he should probably realistically he should keep his place in the team but I think we we all know that we're probably getting a midfielder in this week and if that midfielder is who I'm thinking of and who we're all thinking of then he would be in the team as well so yeah hopefully he he's in Banzo will be in as well um, and the, the third one is either it's going hopefully it's going to be the new signing, Banzo, and it's a toss-up between Williamson, Stanway, Lyon, whoever. That's a selection headache in itself. Um, and the rest, it's Graham, Laws, Fitzy, that does its talking for itself. So that would be my 11. I'll, I'll let Jamie come in. I don't know if he, he agrees or disagrees. Yeah, to be honest, I think I'd go with the same. I think the only thing that I'd be slightly different on is I'd be pretty certain I'd start Lyon. If it's the... The name's out there, McEnroy. Is that who you're talking about with the new signing in the midfield? Aye, Kim McEnroy. Yeah. I, if he was if he was playing, then I'd want him starting as well. But I think I'd have him and Bannigan in midfield. I probably would stick with Lyon because he's on good run right now. He's scored two and two. And I think if he played against Rafe, if he had a good game, you never know, score, got an assist, whatever, even just played well, I think that'd do wonders for his confidence. And that could be like a turning point for him when it comes to our team. So I think I'd go with the exact team that Reese mentioned, but I'd be like pretty 100% on the starting line, to be honest. I'm sure Matt is excited to listen to this and um, and hearing uh, David Mitchell start. He will be grinning from ear to ear with that. I'll go straight on to predictions then. So we both we all managed to get a point this this season. So congratulations. We are we're officially on our way. I can't believe as the person who wasn't included in the predictions now last year, I'm now asking everyone for theirs. David, I'll start with you. And don't worry, I won't criticise your your prediction. I will only give it encouragement because that's the kind of host I am. Go for it. Tell us your prediction. Uh, <laughs> Again, this Rafe Rover side is a total roll of the dice. It could be anything. They, they could be absolute flyaway title winners. They could be rotten. We just don't know. And the championship doesn't really react well to teams like Rafe Rovers getting a bit uppity and above their station and splashing the cash to try and make it out. So, I don't know. Um, I will say 2-1 Jags based on entirely nothing apart from vibes. Well, we love the vibes. Thank you, David. Reese. what about you? What What is your scoreline? I feel like you're always, you're always very sensible of this. Go for it. I try to be... But yeah, like David said, that this Rafe Rovers team, obviously big expectations around them this summer. Obviously they have recruited well, they've been heavily backed and they've got that investment in. And But I, I've seen a lot of people predicting them for the title and I get I get where they're coming from. Like they, They've set their stall out early and they've made these good signings, but they haven't really, I know some people say it's a glorified friendly tournament, but they haven't really impressed me in the the Via Play Cup. Um, a lot of the results didn't really stand out the way I thought they would. But obviously they're still gelling as a team as are we. So I'm hoping it's one of the ones, it's the same as Dundee in the opening day of last season. If we go out and win this, we set our stall out and, and it's a, we're putting down a marker um, early doors. So I'm thinking we're going to win this again. I'm going to say 2-1 Jags. I think Rafe will get a goal. 
but yeah, I'm going to back us to get the three points, 2-1. Excellent. Jamie, how are you feeling for Saturday and what is your prediction? Yeah, kind of echo the sentiments of what David and Reese have already said. It's kind of hard to judge where this Wraith team is going to be at. I was just looking at their squad there of interest and I wouldn't say they've made like a specific marquee signing, but they've made like quite a few solid signings. I think they will be improved from last season. But I read one of their fans saying that Scott Brown, I think their captain, or he was last season for points anyway, is out injured. So if they've lost him in midfield, hopefully that means they're a bit lighter and not as physical in the middle. I think he's quite a physical player. I think it's going to be, I don't think we're going to steamroll them or anything. I think it's going to be quite a tough game. I'm going to say 3-1 physical. I think we've got enough in us to win, but I don't back us with a clean sheet. So 3-1. Thank you, Jamie. Um, I am going to go for a very nervy 1-0 win for Thistle, which is so unlike me. Normally, I'm the 5-1, the 7-2 person, but I'm going to go for a dodgy 1-0 um, for me. And I'm sure David will either edit in Matt's prediction or uh, post on social media the different predictions from the people involved in the podcast. Earlier this week, David spoke to Sean McGuigan about the Rafe Rovers game. And now I'm joined by Sean McGuigan from Terrace uh, to discuss Saturday's upcoming game against Rafe Rovers at Fur Hill. Sean, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing well. We had a 10-minute chat about uh, Captain Tom, play, football players who play Warhammer. It's been great fun, but we're here for the, the big business. The, the cinch is back. The championship season is starting again. It feels about two weeks, I'm not going to lie, and I wish it was much longer, but I am still chained to the radiator that is the cinch, and we're back for another season. So the last time we played Rafe Rovers, you announced on the day that you've been taken over by some big investors, and you you suddenly had a bit of money to chuck about, and you've made a bit of a splash in your transfer market, so how's it been? I am... Just I was... was I was quite chuffed in terms of who, the, I suppose, the identity of who, who took him over. So uh, Dee McKenzie obviously was was heavily involved at, at, at Kelty Hearts. I think if you listen to the, the Terrace, you'll you'll realise that I've always spoken very highly of them. <laughs> always spoken very highly of them. It was never quite uh, dismissive of where they were potentially getting their money from. But they are obviously involved in the, in the construction industry and, and Fife. I, I think somebody had to get involved, somebody else, because I got the impression that as much as John Sim, who... Uh, was a majority shareholder was happy to kind of write off debts. Uh, I, I did get sorry, not accumulate debts would maybe be a, a better way of describing it. He didn't seem particularly concerned, but I think Ray fans were because kind of felt like he was getting less and less interested. Obviously, the David Goodwillie kind of situation meant that he was far less popular than what he had been initially, and I, I got the impression he was very much looking for a road out, and that. That kind of sugar daddy, I suppose. The, the the money tap was about to be switched off. So I was delighted that somebody else came in. Uh, I know there is still a perception that, that Wraith are now money rich. I'm not entirely sure that's the case. I think there is a, a massive difference between somebody having enough money to turn a very good, actually, Lowland League team into a team that was good enough to get into League One and having enough money to turn a very much bog-standard championship team into somebody who can genuinely go for the the, the title. So I, I I don't think the the guys that have come in are are quite as rich as maybe some people think they have. I think they have uh, skill sets between them that will allow them to be better in terms of bringing in money for sponsorship and marketing and hospitality. So I've been pretty impressed at, at what they've done so far. I've been impressed with the, with the sign-ins. But of course, that then raises expectations. And I think last season, most race, most race fans... Would have been delighted if it finished top four, but not necessarily expected it. Whereas I think this season, Rovers fans would be would be pretty disappointed if they didn't finish top four. The problem is, there's another five or six clubs that are in the exact same boat. Uh, so I do think it'll be very, very tight, but I think they've given themselves a, a, a decent chance of it this term. And who would you say has been your sort of... You obviously mentioned that the signings weren't exactly 
big blockbuster signings that they maybe would have looked out from the inside. But who's been the big marquee one for you? Who's the one you think will be really important? And just in general, players that you think will be pivotal to the, the side? I suppose there was, there was two areas of the park that were an obvious issue last season. And then when last season finished, a third area was now an issue when Jamie McDonald left. So they needed a goalkeeper. They needed a striker, which essentially they didn't have last season at all. They had players who could play in forward positions, but not a, not a striker as such. And certainly at the back was a huge issue last term. I don't know if they've upgraded in terms of goalkeepers, but I do think that Kevin Dubrovsky is a pretty good acquisition. Not as good as Jimmy McDonald, I don't think. I think he's a good laugh. Like He seems to have quite a good rapport with the, with the crowd already. I don't think he particularly dominates his penalty box very well. Everything else... The rest is the rest of his game looks pretty good. His kicking, his reactions, good shot stopper, all that cliche stuff. I don't think he, I don't think he, he's particularly dominant in his six yard box though, which concerns me. Regardless, I think that's a decent signing. All told, I think Jack Hamilton. I think most teams in the championship would have been quite happy to have Hamilton up top. Not necessarily. I mean, Patrick had Brian Graham, for example, when you brought in Adeloy. That seems pretty good forward line. Although you probably only play one of of two, I would imagine. Uh, but he's proven at the championship level, Hamilton, that, that he can do a job. Coming in on the back of a pretty poor season at Hartlepool, I think he only managed about three goals, but he might have played out wide for the bulk of the season. Played a lot of games, though, and, and only managed three goals. And then at the back, OK, Tom Lang left, Kevin Nolan left. I think Keith Watson and Ewan Murray is probably an upgrade on that. So on paper, they've fixed the issues or upgraded on the, the problem areas of the park. And I think they've made a fairly decent stab at replacing Jamie McDonald. So that's probably the the the, the key signings. And as ever, midfield, they've got far too many players to to, to fit in. They're, they're central midfield daft, but a decent issue to have, I suppose. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of players from midfield leave between now and, and maybe the end of the loan window, at least. But aye, I, I think they've, I think Ian Murray has done reasonably well at, at kind of filling the, the, the gaps over the summer. I'm excited to see your um, innovative one-eight-one formation. We just put all your central midfielders out on, on the one go. I mean, I'm, I w- I wouldn't be against it uh, for Rafe Rovers. But so in terms of expectation, you talked about it earlier. Like the championship, get we get this quite a lot with teams where they'll they'll have a good window. You know, they'll they'll have an investor come in or something like that, and they'll they'll make a crack at it, and people will go right. They're gearing up to try and get out of the league. If the championship doesn't necessarily react that well to you, are you concerned that you could end up, for example, doing it in Fairmont what, two years ago when, when they went down? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I don't think it's uh, an impossibility. But what Dunfermline did was they they brought in a manager and and Peter Grant, who was an incompetent idiot. And then, and then when they realised <laughs> when they realised that that was the case. They got rid of him and brought in somebody in John Hughes who had a track record of not being able to turn round a team in free fall. Like we'd already seen that race over. So they, I thought their squad looked okay that season. I didn't think it was great, but I think that their main issues were were probably in the dugout. Don't think Ray Rovers have that issue. And I think Ian Murray is. I've been reasonably impressed by him. I, I certainly don't think he's incompetent as as Peter Grant or or John Hughes. So I think even if they even if they flattered to deceive, even if if things were going poorly. I still think they'd be okay. I still think I don't see them being below our growth. I don't see them being below Airdrie. Inverness, I know I, I seem to say every single season that Inverness are going backwards. I think you're starting to see that a wee bit. Yes, that Scottish Cup run last season maybe allowed them to to spend a wee bit more and, and have a wee bit more stability this season. But I don't see them improving on last term. Partick, okay, they maybe don't appear to be as skint as what some people thought they were in June. But again, they, they seem to have like a, a capable squad, but not necessarily one that I think is going to be streets ahead of us. So no, I don't I don't see Rovers doing a Dunfermline. At the same time, I'm not... I don't think it's a, a certainty that they're going to be top four of the season, but I am quietly confident, I suppose. Were you were you happy with first game of the season at Firhill against Thistle? Is that is that a, an ideal fixture for you? Would you prefer the home game? And in terms of the West End, Glasgow, do you do you enjoy a day at Firhill? No, I do. I, I think it's a great day. It's one of my favourite uh, one of my favourite away days. So uh, meeting Andy Harrow uh, before the game, we'll go for a couple of drinks before it, and then a, a couple of drinks after, and, and then kind of take it for there. I think it's a I think it'll be a good kind of barometer of of where we are. I I don't know. I, I generally prefer to start with a, a kind of decent home game because you have a, an expectant home crowd. It's sometimes like a reasonably big 
decent home crowd because it's uh, because it's the first game of the season. But I do think it's a, a will be a, a, a decent test. And listen, if if Patrick Thistle win handily and and quite comfortably on Saturday, then perhaps uh, perhaps expectations will change. But if it's if we're always going to get a result, don't have a great record at Fur Hill. I know we won towards the end two seasons ago, one 0 um, it was a very, very late goal. Uh, Platnik scored in about the 91st minute or something. Challenge Cup semi-final, one there. But in general, I, I, I wouldn't say we have a, a great record there, but that's just off the top of my head. I haven't really, I haven't really checked. But no, I think it's a decent test and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But I, I as I said, maybe a couple of months ago, I, I thought Partick might have struggled this season. I, I don't, I don't see it. I think they'll be absolutely fine and we'll have a, a decent season as well, actually. So I, I think it'll be a really good test. But of of course, for Rafe Rovers, the aim is always going to be just to keep winning the Challenge Cup over and over again because it seems to be. I thought, was it? It was like September twenty eighteen was the last time you were knocked out before that that final. Utterly uh, ridiculous. I, I and I just presumed that would go on and on. I was. Uh, I've never seen the Rovers lose in a final, and I. You know something? I didn't like it one bit. And I didn't like it when Hamilton fans were DMing me to to bend it right up me in the hours after the game either. But uh, listen. Uh, hopefully we can go one better in uh, the the most important domestic competition in in Scotland this season. For all the marbles, well, for the game on Saturday, can I get a prediction? What do you think the score is going to be? There's a bit of me wants to be quite boring and say like a one-all draw or something, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck on the line and say three-one Wraith Rovers, and we will fans will get carried away. Uh, and, and and overconfidence, and it'll, it will eventually come crashing down. But I am, I am no. I think it's, the season's going to start very well. I'm going to say three-one Rovers. In terms of the season ahead, so who do you think is going to win? Where are Rafe going to come? Where are Fisher going to come? Like, I think it's impossible when a team like like even though Dundee United have spent someone like six of the last eight seasons in the Championship or something really silly like that. It's like it's, they've been there quite a bit recently. And even though they're again, like when you see a team like Dundee United in the Championship, you think, right, well, Dundee United will surely win it. Even if they'd swapped their entire squad with Bonnie Rig, it's like, well, it's Dundee United, so you just expect them to win the league. So it's difficult for me to to not predict United to win it. Although I think there's a lot of teams that are much, muchness, and I don't think United will, will run away with it. I think there's a lot of teams in the Championship that have maybe got incrementally worse, and I would, I would probably include Patrick Thistle in that. And as much as the Rovers, I think, have got better this season, they were, they were bang average last term I just I, I cannot see anybody else having quite enough about them to it's like Queen's Park for example last season took it to the last day I, I think they've got worse this season so I, I, I don't see them mounting a challenge and I, I don't know if anybody else of that kind of clutch of five or six teams will have enough squad wise to, to finish above United and, and see even if it's not going well you would imagine they can bring get rid of Goodwin and then bring somebody in that that maybe knows what they're doing. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go for United. A very dull answer, but I'll go for uh, United to, to win it. In terms of where I think Wraith will finish, I will say that they could be... I think I'll maybe go third. I'll maybe go third for, for Wraith and we'll lose in the playoffs. And in terms of Partick Thistle, I reckon maybe just outside the playoffs. I've seen some, I've seen some Partick fans, and I know it's like, when you're a Scottish football, just a football fan in general, you, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. So I've seen some predictions of, oh, mid-table, and I would take seventh. I, I, I think Partick will be there or thereabouts for the playoffs, but I think they might not quite have enough. I think some of your signings are quite sensible on paper, but not necessarily exciting. And I'll say that Thistle will finish fifth. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Like As you say, I mean, I remember last year we had you on at the start of the season, and you said that, who is it? Lee Boyer, who was managing Dundee, or is he Ayer? Who was the Dundee manager again? Surely it wasn't Lee Boyer. Lee Boyer no, used to play in midfield for Leeds. I know. Is it? Is it Leeds guy? What's it? What's the guy's name? The <laughs> Dundee we, manager, we, the specky one. We, uh, honestly, I, he's been away. He's only been away two months, and I honestly can't remember what his name was. But I still remember you saying if he has his head screwed on, Dundee will win this league by like twelve points. And it turns mm-hmm. out he didn't have his head screwed on. They absolutely scraped it in the last day. Um, but. So, you know, um, you'd hope that Dundee United do the same. I mean, long live Jim Goodwin. Um, I think he needs to stay there the whole season so that they can just crash down to... They can take Inverness's place in third or fourth and then we can win the league and all be fine. But Gary um, Boyer. Gary Boyer, so it is, exactly. Um, is it? Surely not. Surely Lee Boyer isn't specky now. What is going on? Yeah, Gary Boyer. Uh, one other question. 
um, mm-hmm. before we go. If you had to create a charity foundation in your father's name and then use it illicitly to, uh, to build something, just a pure vanity project for yourself, what would you buy? What would you build? Well, like similar to what, the Papa McGuigan to... Foundation. What's <laughs> do you know something? You have to say fair play to that family because having having like a massive spa in your back garden would be absolutely class. Uh, I I would build. I would build, I, I would build that, and and a full size football park. Even though I just have to play in it on my own. So you you, get, you would have to like bulldoze about half the, the houses in your estate to do it, but you just uh, oh, it's it's in his name. It's you know he was a hero. He was a <laughs> he fought he fought for this country, and then just bulldoze the houses and make a giant football pitch. My my favorite picture of Captain Tom Moore is is. I think it was like a week or two before he died. And I think he's in, is it Barbados or Jamaica? And he's got his picture taken with, I think it was Russ Abbott. And it might have been Elton John. <laughs> just, just an inexplicable trio. Uh, that, that's that's how I remember Captain Tom. I, I don't want to remember him struggling to shuffle around a garden. I like I like to remember him hobnobbing with the stars. <laughs> I love the I love the idea of Elton John, a man who announced his retirement from touring in twenty eighteen, going to Captain Tom Moore's family, going, You're really putting the ass out of this, aren't you? I, I did enjoy I think I think it really peaked when they done the drone. I'm just about um, to say that, I remember the drone. <laughs> she went mad. Because she went Tom Moore daft. It's been a con right for the start. Right for the start. How did people not see? Too busy doing uh, too busy getting ho- uh, boats to do whatever the, the boating equivalent of a wheelie is. Inexplicable. Imagine if you ran a con so good that you got like Fife Council to do a giant drone display of like your grandeur at New Year's Eve as you were, as, as construction on your private spa continued apace. What I mean is it's incredible. Um, fair play to them. You just absolutely fair play to them. <laughs> but um, terrace how um. Obviously, a great series again this season. I can't believe I just pivoted from Sir Captain Sir Tom Moore to the terrace, but here we go. That's okay, um, we, do it. we do it every week. Um, exactly, it's, it's, it's in the DNA of the terrace, really. How, how's the terrace podcast going? Any words on the TV, series coming back? Um, are you having to replenish your shirts, etc., etc.? I, I will very much have to replenish my uh, shirts. The series is back in September. Don't have a... Don't have a definitive date yet, but we we generally start kind of towards the the middle or or the end of September. So we'll we'll start to discuss the precise start date. You can you can tell we 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 kind of leave things last minute, even when the BBC are involved. Uh, but it will be September at some point. So yes, we'll need to buy some some new shirts. Terrace podcast still going uh, from strength to strength. We have the lower league preview recording that with Telford tomorrow. Uh, that will go on roughly three or four hours. He has actually taken a half day from work so that we don't have to finish ridiculously <laughs> late. So so last year, last year it went on so long and we finished so late. I missed my last train home. He actually had to give me a lift home, which is miles out of the way for him. So uh, so thanks for that, Craig. But no, we're starting at a, we're starting uh, in the middle of the afternoon tomorrow. So might even get finished for supper time. Fantastic, just in time for the SPFL Trust Trophy action. I know it's always on your mind, Sean. So thanks again, Sean, for coming on and um, hopefully speak to you later in the season. Good luck for the rest of the season, just not against us. Um, and hopefully you come second and we come first. And we can all be, we can we can continue our tradition next year in the Premiership. No worries at all. Thank you very much for having me. us on to talking about well firstly I wanted to talk about the open day which uh, we had on Sunday really successful day 
a really great turnout. The queue to meet the men's team was all the way through like the pie bit of the Jackie husband and all the way down the stairs in the Jackie husband as well. That's how big it was. So that was a really amazing moment. Also, the women's team came along. They were greeted really well. Lots of photos and pictures and signings of them as well before their 1-0 win against Queen's Park, um, which was fantastic for them. And also there were stalls for Jags for Good, Her Game 2, the DSA and Jags Foundation, which was uh, fantastic. Some people really excited about just the way that our club is moving at the moment, the community feel, the way that everyone's working together. It was a really successful day. So a big thank you to the club for organising that. I think a lot of especially young Thistle fans, but older Thistle fans too, really enjoyed the chance to meet Chris Doolan and the players and just get that feel for it. Also, just in terms of the Jags Foundation, I think it's important to update. We've got um, over 1,600 members. I think we're around 1,640, which is fantastic. And we continue to um, encourage people if to to join up and be and be part of this movement of our new fan-owned club. I was at the women's game, which a lot of people came to after the Open Day. It was the Glasgow Cup and they've come third. And the goal was... I'd really recommend people to go and watch the goal and the highlights. It was really bizarre with a, a, a kind of goalkeeper included and a really mad bounce. It was quite it was quite entertaining, but there was some good some good moments in the women's game and would really recommend people to go along to Peters Hill at some point this uh, this year. You can get a women's season ticket along with your season ticket and you get a discount. A really good atmosphere and the food there is fantastic. Um, had a great cheeseburger and the chips on selection looked great so would really recommend I, I have to echo the food at Peters Hill it is phenomenal it's pretty much worth the price of admission alone it is it is fantastic um, I would definitely recommend it regardless of what game it is if this women's team go go for the food at the very least you, we all go to our bro for the blaggest pies and the bell rock <laughs> you know what I mean like go to Peters Hill because the food is amazing but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to them getting back into the season in a couple of weeks because, yeah, um, I'm excited to see where they go. Yep, and I think Brian Graham's made some great signings and there's a real togetherness there. They've been really supportive of her game too, all the all the girls, and um, they're just it's just a really good feeling. And especially if you've got children, it, they welcome the children on at half time. And they go and have a, a good wee kick about and it's all really fun and everyone's you can bring your dog as well and um, everyone's so friendly and just excited to see you there and Vinny plays the so plays the tunes so if you have any requests i'm sure Vinny would listen and um i think that is really it apart from that was the first time i got to see um williamson in the flesh and our other um question from our listeners was um from heather wilson about his tattoo and the, the and his, his frequency of showing it has anyone seen what his tattoo is of uh, i see that i was I, I couldn't miss it it was showing us every two seconds it just looks like a from from the jack husband it's just a woman i don't know who it is but it's a woman's face but i ben williamson he needs to get new boots or something man he spends too much of the game on his arse but yeah, I'm hoping it reaches the same heights that it did against Dundee United, but I've not seen too much yet. It was it picked up in the second half at the weekend, but can't he be too critical of him? He's still young. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that we've got um our eagle eyes in the Jackie Husband stand able to able to see that. And if anyone can clarify as we get on into the season what exactly his tattoo is of, then I'm sure you will be um well received on the podcast at some point has anyone got anything else they'd like to say um i just wanted to mention i'm absolutely delighted that they're bringing the program back um i'm a big program nerd and i'm not gonna lie it's been rough over the last two years not having it i really enjoyed match day programs and i was absolutely delighted when i heard that it's coming back especially because tom hosey's doing it again tom hosey done it for so many years, like over 20 years and um he's he's a, he's a brilliant program producer i 
I bought a lot of programs in my time and the Fissile ones that he did were really, really good. So I'm excited to see him back with other people doing the programme because yeah, it's, it's something I always really enjoy buying into games. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 100%. And I think the club have put out a post to say that, of course, Tom is doing it and we're extremely supportive of that. But I think also that Tom and the club are looking for new ideas and for exciting opportunities if anyone would like to volunteer and be part of it so would really recommend if there's any of our listeners who would who feel that they maybe have something to contribute or to be involved in then that might be a great way to to do that and be involved with the club well i, I would say exclusive news this is so exclusive even reese haldane doesn't know about it because it happened about an hour ago now I signed up to, to contribute to the program, so um, look out for uh, for my ramblings in the program at some point very soon. Well, all of us here at Draw Loser Draw are very excited for you, David, and maybe you'll be signing a program or two uh, in the months to come. And look forward to hearing your, or not hearing, obviously reading your content as well as hearing you on here. That is that's great and excellent to hear about people getting involved. So I think we'll, we're all looking forward to the Wraith game and seeing what it and what it will hold. Excited to see where we get in our predictions table. But I think the main thing now is to move on to probably every, either the, the moment that people switch off and go, thank goodness, the Thistle chat's over. Or maybe the bit that some people skip to because it's their, it's their favourite part. So we're going to do Partridge Thistle. And it's a great question this week, very topical, as um, last week we were discussing the the movies that have just come out, Barbie and Oppenheimer. So we're very excited for that. And the question this week is, which Thistle players would you cast as Ken and Barbie and in Dr. Oppenheimer? So... I'm a I'm a teacher, so I'm going to allow someone to put their hand up, and because I feel like Matt sometimes selects people and they're not ready. So, oh wow, two hands up. This feels like online teaching again. I'm going to go with Reese because often Reese says come back to me. So Reese, you can have the limelight here. Go for it. Right for starting off with the Barbie movie, yeah, Ken. It's got to be it's a toss up between the two Bens. You're looking at Ben Williamson and Ben Stanway. And I think I'm going to opt for Ben Stanway as the stereotypical Ken, you know, blonde hair, he's got a tan about him. So yeah, Ben Stanway, easy answer is, is my Ken. Um, and for Oppenheimer, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough pickings. You know, Oppenheimer, obviously, very uh, very academic, who's got a university degree. You're looking at guys like Anton Dowds, and I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen a few atomic bombs in his, in his boots in the last season or so with those touches, but he's my Oppenheimer, um, just for that reason alone got a uni degree no much else about him so <laughs> well, I've just done a drive-by shooting on Anton Dowds again so apologies if he's listening but I Anton Dowds for Oppenheimer. <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant and um, I'm gonna allow I should have said this before and I'm sorry Reese, but if you want to go for a past player as and the reason I'm saying that is because mine's definitely a past player Um, if you want to go for a past player uh, you can and I'm actually going to stretch it to you can also include a manager so I'm really sorry Reese. I hope you don't feel hard done by there like that's the rules being told after you've spoken but I think you're to be honest if I was giving your if I was giving your answers a grade I'd give it an A thank you thanks very much <laughs> right David your hand was second so off you go your your Ken I mean, it wasn't. It was Jamie, but um, but I'm I'm happy to go because I think that you're probably going to steal my answer from the way that you've been talking. Um, in terms of Kendall's, I was thinking about people who are quite. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the sort of prototypical Kendall, like it's got to be one of the handsome English centre backs that we had, Jordan Turnbull, Bailey Cargill, something something like that. I think that 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 would be. For, for Ken, in terms of for Oppenheimer, I mean Oppenheimer created the most disastrous um, event to ever befall um, planet Earth. Arguably, we've never recovered from it, and it's left an indelible mark that will never be etched. I'm going to go for Gary Caldwell on that one. As I the, hate the you. Cover. That was my answer. <laughs> 
good, good, good answer. I've got different reasoning, so that's fine. But it's actually, you know, it's nice when we agree sometimes. Thank you, David. Jamie, what about you? Uh, I thought I thought this player would have been a lot of people's Ken, but apparently not. I'm going with Joe Cardo for Ken. Joe Cardo always had a stunning tan at the start of every single season from when he was sunning himself in Dubai or whatever. And, you know, his hair was always, it never moved. I don't know what gel he used, but it must have been top tier because it was always in the exact same position. So Joe Cardo's my Ken. Who am I going for Oppenheimer? You know what? When he's got his hair flat, Jamie Sneddon looks a bit like the same haircut as Kelly Murphy, but I'm going to go with Tamil Ware purely because people used to nickname him Tamil Bombscare and he had Bomb in his name. Oppenheimer, bomb, kind of makes sense. So, Joe Cardo, he thought Ken's my mind immediately with Ken, but I'll go with Tamil Ware for Oppenheimer. A reach and a little bit different and unique. So, I like that answer. Well done, Jamie. Um, for me, I like that you all went with looks for Ken, um, but I more looked at the inside of of like and things and what 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 makes Ken, and I got this from my friend Kirsten when I was talking to her about what makes a Ken. So the fundamentals. This is what Kirsten said. The fundamentals of Ken in the Barbie movie are that he's good at his job and his job is beach, okay. And but in general, kind of purposeless, lacks a little bit of identity and can be easily persuaded. Now for me. When someone's job is beach, it's just like someone, a footballer whose job is ball. His job is goal. His job is crossing or something. So for me, that's got Tiffany. He, his, his job was his job was running, run, run in the box and score a goal or create something. So for me, but it's got Tiffany. But with looks, I mean, we had Ken on Saturday back. James Craig in the perfect Kendall. Um, and then for Oppenheimer, well, I had never really, I'd never, I've not seen it and I wasn't quite sure. So I looked, I'd looked up what his characteristics were. And one website said his impatience, he was he, um he was conceited and was arrogant and had underdeveloped social skills. So for immediately I thought of our manager our past manager Gary Caldwell so that was my that was my take for that I think a really strong set of answers this week um, and I don't know if that is just because it was a fantastic question or if maybe um if maybe we just um were inspired I don't know yes David go for it I would, I would maybe suggest um my own story for Kendall and he played football like he had plastic legs it didn't really move very well so apart from that I really enjoyed you going two footed in and Gary Caldwell he showed a bit of, a bit of fire there and I really enjoyed it I felt a bit like Ray Bradshaw when he interviewed him on off the ball I think that the dead silence after that interview still lives on in a lot of people's memory just for a second when you were obviously given the characteristics of Oppenheimer and then you just went our manager for a second I thought that was the beginning of Heather Holloway's villain arc there about to slaughter Chris Doolan. <laughs> no chance Reese. as uh, my Twitter pro- I just changed my Twitter profile photo and it has my hero with uh, a love heart and it is with Chris Doolan. so there was no chance I actually did really regret starting it like that I should have said our past manager so thank you for the save there Thank you for joining us this week. I hope you have survived me as your host. And do not worry, Matt will be back very soon. You can join us next week when we look back on our first league game against Rafe Rovers. And we look forward to the game against Airdrie away. In the meantime, stay safe, buy a season ticket, give her game to a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And as David said, buy a programme.